Welcome to the Dreamcatcher Podcast, a place where you'll receive a boost of inspiration, practical advice, and tools to maximize your success and personal happiness. And that's not all. You'll also get plenty of guidance on how you can use your gifts, talents, and compassion to contribute towards making the world a better place. Be sure to sign up for our free weekly newsletter for a preview of what's in store and to also receive a free ebook. To sign up, simply visit www.thedreamcatch.com. Now it's my pleasure to introduce you to the host of the Dreamcatcher podcast, Celine Chinoy. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Dreamcatcher podcast, a place where your dreams can find a voice. The voice is about expression, communication, or proclamation. But many people are afraid to use it to talk about their thoughts, feelings, and beliefs. They withhold for fear of being punished, ridiculed, and excluded, especially with the rise of cancel culture. Today's guest, Cynthia James, knows this because that was her experience. She's here to share what she learned from her seven decades of experience trying to step into her power and find her own voice. Cynthia James is a transformational specialist and the author of three award-winning and best-selling books. She has co-hosted a radio talk show, a television talk show, and is a sought-after radio guest. An ordained licensed minister She has facilitated hundreds of workshops, seminars, and keynotes, including Celebrate Your Life, Omega Institute, and Woman Arising. Cynthia has led events abroad in England and Ireland and facilitated pilgrimages to Peru, France, and Italy. During our conversation, Cynthia explains why our voice matters and how to use it to express new ideas that transform ourselves and others. She also offers advice on overcoming common obstacles and amplifying our voices so that we can be heard and create an impact. If you like what you heard, please don't forget to like, rate, share, and subscribe to this podcast. Thanks. Hello, Cynthia. How are you doing today? I'm grateful to be here. I'm happy to be alive. (laughs) Well, I am so happy that you're here with us. And I'm so glad to meet you to talk about your book, Does My Voice Matter? It is so beautifully written. And I'm excited to discuss um, the wisdom that you gained during your journey and what we can all learn from it. Because you've had quite a journey. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Some people tell me I've lived a lot of lives. <laughs> it seems it really does seem like it, especially the way that you've, um, you know, the way you've laid out the, the story of your life, you know, corresponding to each decade. And I thought that was that was really well done. Thank you. So, Cynthia, you start the book by discussing your early upbringing. As a child, you saw possibilities and goodness in people. But at the time, that didn't really make sense to you because your family life was filled with struggle. So 
tell us, how were you able to nurture that part of you that led you to the person that you are today? Well, you know, um, I'm going to say it was divine because when you are um, in a family with a biological alcoholic father, a wife-beating pedophile stepfather, five generations of women who've been abused and traumatized and continued the patterns, everything in the environment said that violence was the norm, that you were not safe. But I also come from women who were prophetic dreamers and really connected spiritually. And I think that that spiritual connection is what allowed me, A, to see the possibilities in people, but also to dream big. I mean, I tell people your dreams matter, whether they were when you were little or whether they're happening now. I think the big dreams are that I always saw myself traveling. I saw myself on stages. I always saw that. And everybody thought I was crazy because we were on welfare, standing in food lines and doing all of this stuff. And yet there was a part of me that said, this is not my life. Yes. And how were you able to hold on to that despite all these, you know, the external forces that were really undermining your ability to actually to actualize this dream that you had within you? You know what? I'm an observer. And I was, you know, there was a part of me that was really shy and it was like, keep your head below the radar because you can get hurt. But when I would go to school, I would notice that the popular people were charismatic, they were fun-loving, they were expressive. And so I started going, where can I be that? So I joined the debate club. I I um, started to model. I, <clears throat> I was in the choir. I mean, I did a lot of things, primarily so that I didn't have to go home as early. But the other part was so that I could experience what I saw as success in in other people. Okay. So they were, they kind of modeled that for you and you were wondering, okay, could I do the same thing? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I practiced. And the other thing was that I had this ability, which I couldn't define, where people would come and talk to me. They would tell me their secrets, you know, families that looked like they were having great lives. There was all kinds of stuff. And for some reason, the people around me felt that I was a safe place to talk about the alcoholism in their family, the, you know, the the cheating that was going on, the money issues. And I was a good listener. I had no idea what to do about what they were telling me. But I realized today that that was a part of of my innate nature of being able to listen to people and be with people and honor who they are. And then that made me a safe place for people. Mm, So they could sense that by being around you. Yeah. Okay. And did you feel like you had to like work on these issues that you had to face during a child? Like, did you do any therapy? Did you, um, you know, did you have someone to talk to in your family or your friend circles? No, 
therapy was not, you know, <clears throat> I lived in the black community in Minneapolis. Therapy was not an issue. <clears throat> even, <clears throat> even if we could have afforded it, there was kind of a stigma right. to go into the therapy, right? Yeah. So that's yeah. the only crazy and, people do that, right? That's what yeah, thought. exactly. Yeah. And then my friends were struggling as much as I was. So it wasn't like, you know, they were going to be of any support. Yeah. Yeah, it's so interesting to hear what it was like back in those days. Yeah. Right. So over the years, you you were able to step into your power and find your voice. So you have become an expert about, uh, you know, about that process. Um, in your book, you write that it is not just the sound of your voice. It is about the full expression of the individual. So, um, Cynthia, can you please expand on that? Yeah, you know, some people think when they find their voice, they can stand up and be orators or they can speak their truth. And I think that that's important. I think learning how to communicate and speak your truth is important. But the reality is that your voice is your essence being fully expressed. So that could be speaking. It could be singing. It could be writing. It could be painting. It could be the way you dress. It could be the way you design your home. But it's really about you bringing your passion into form. Okay. So finding a creative outlet for that yeah. uniqueness that's within you. Yeah, because creativity is innate part of all of us. You know, I mean, if you look at nature, nature is always creating and we're yes. part of nature. And so if we are really looking at how do I create a better life? How do I create more joy? How do I create more peace, more freedom? Then all of a sudden, those ways of expressing that in you start to come forward. In the book, I talk about musicians and poets and painters and artists who all of a sudden said, I want to make a difference. Some did it through activism, but others did it through just bringing their creativity to the forefront so that it could inspire others to do the same. Yeah. And you lived through the 70s, and I believe that's when it actually like really came to the forefront, you know, expressing yourself and um, really like free speech. I think that's when it really started get, gaining momentum. Yeah, and people started understanding that there was power in the collective, yeah. that that people could come together in groups and have more of a power as a voice than just a single person, even though a single person could start it. And mm-hmm. so... For me, I mean, as I was watching all of this growing up, I was going, oh, you know, um, there are lots of people out here that want to make a difference. There are a lot of people out here that that want to change the broken systems. And they're willing to do it. They're willing to step out beyond their fears or their insecurities and bring their voices. And so that to me was inspiring, even though I was still insecure. And even though I didn't totally know how to do it, it was like, well, if one person can do it, if a group of people can do it, I can do it. Mm. Okay. So you didn't join any of the groups. You were just kind of observing them from the distance and. Yeah, I was too chicken. I, <laughs> yeah, I was like, I mean, I was seeing a whole lot of stuff going on and I was like, I don't think I'm born to be an activist. I don't think I can be out there in the streets, but but I was 
I was like a sponge. I was taking it in. I was reading. I was listening to the music. I was listening to the poets. I was going to theater. I, I was I was like taking it in. What I realized today, it was like I was really in a discovery mode of how do I want to express? Because all of these people are examples and they're successful examples. And if mm-hmm. one person can do it, another person can do it. Sure. And I think in our time and age, social media, I guess, it can be a source of um, inspiration for people if you look at the right people, right? The influencers and, you know, I mean, there's just like, it's level the playing field. Anyone can create stuff and put it online now and the whole world can see it. That's right. That's right. And so what I say to people is, you have to tap into your discernment to mm-hmm. see if this is something that's going to feed your soul or something that's going to suck your energy. Yeah, it's very important to have that discernment because there's a lot of information out there. Well, yeah, so, and you know, and some of it's true and some of it's not and some yes. of it's inflammatory and and really um disenfranchising people and I mean, I really believe we're all here because we're important. We wouldn't be on the planet if we weren't. And so so everybody gets to feel loved and seen and heard and supported. Yeah, that's that's so true. And But still, a lot of people are afraid to express their feelings, mm-hmm. their thoughts, and their beliefs. Um, so they withhold themselves from really expressing what they, what they believe, uh, from expressing their voices. So Cynthia, what is it exactly that prevents people from from doing that, from really living in their full expression? Well, I'm going to say that the bottom line, the baseline is fear. Mm. And for me, when you're afraid, you lack trust. You lack trust in your abilities. You lack trust in your voice. You lack trust that you're cared for. You lack trust that that you can make a difference. And, And you lack trust that the universe has your back. And so you start operating from the field of fear. And so what that does is create more fear and more experiences that that come to you. When I, when I work with my clients, you know, um, and a lot of them are brilliant and they're afraid to be visible. And so we talk about the fact that, you know, this isn't about you. This is about the gifts and the power and the wisdom that you bring. If you take it off of you, and I'm not saying there's not trolls and there's not other crazy stuff out here because there is, but it's like, if you came here to deliver a message, if you came here to deliver a gift, you are depriving people of that power by withholding. So step out. And and dare to be you, dare to bring your light, dare to bring your love and your gifts. Step out. And yeah, there may be people that disagree with you and don't like you, but so what? It's like, if you touch one person, 10 people, 100 people, you know, you've got this podcast. If you're touching people by the guests that you bring, man, your visibility makes a difference. I appreciate that. Yeah. It's not always easy because, you know, no, it's not. As, as content creators, content creators, we we deal with our own share of, of problems, that, you know, so. Well, yeah, but here's the thing. It's like, mm-hmm. 
you are providing, I have a podcast too, and you are providing platforms for people that want to make a difference, people that want to bring their light to the planet. And so, you know, I tell people being an entrepreneur is not for the faint of heart because there's a lot of stuff in it and it's up and down and in and out. But the thing is, it's like, when you think about your life, when I think about my life, I am doing exactly what I love to do. I am doing, I am, I am in my, in my Dharma, in, in my perfect path. And so I feel like if we were all operating from that place, you know, the need for wars would start to cease and the caring for humanity and the children on the planet and the planet itself would become the pri- the, the prime reason for being. Absolutely. And that should, following your dharma, it should be a good enough reason to just just do it, to just, you know, p- put your stuff out there to to make your voice heard. And you feel that, right? You feel it when you're, you're living in your dharma. Mm-hmm. Uh, totally. And listen, the people that we admire, you know, the, you know, the Martin Luther Kings and the Mother Teresa's and all these different people throughout history who've made a difference, they all stepped out, mm-hmm. every single one of them. And so for me, they weren't exceptions. They were examples of what we could do. We aren't all here, you know, to be, you know, lead marches around the world, but we are all here to share our intelligence and our gifts. Right. Yeah. And I think that just finding that motivation is so important because right now people get motivated by validation. I've seen, especially in the younger generations, for instance, if they're not getting the likes, if they're not getting the comments, if they're not getting engagement from people, they just rather not put anything out there. And that kind of bothers me. So what do you have to say to, to, you know, to the younger people who are afraid to do that because they're, they won't get the recognition that, they feel that they're entitled to. Yeah, you know, judgment is everywhere. Criticism is everywhere. And you get to lean into that or you get to lean into what brings you joy. So on Monday mornings in in Colorado at 8.30, <clears throat> I do this community prayer circle. Now, it's not for... Anybody, anybody can practice religion or not. It's really about community coming together from around the world and blessing each other and and putting our requests in, in the chat. Now, when I first started, I was like, ooh, I should have thousands of people coming to this every week, right? But what I started noticing is that there's maybe two, three, four hundred people a week that come. But what's interesting is their gratitude for a place to go. And so I said, well, then that's worth it for me. It's not about whether thousands of people show up. It's about I've created a space where people feel safe to come and share their desires and know that this whole group is going to be with them in heart. So for me, that's a, that's a win. And I guess anybody who out who's out here who's looking for validation outside, you know, I would just say step back, honor yourself, honor what brings you joy, honor the gift that you are. I mean, you're so important <laughs> that the universe breathed its life into you 
and you came here as a unique expression, unrepeatable. There's not anybody else like you on the planet. I mean, that's enough for me to go, hey, hooray, (laughs) this is great. Right. And what can people do to start finding that greatness in them? Do you have any tools or any tips, Cynthia, that can help them reveal that that authentic voice within them? Yeah, the first thing is, you know, I tell people, I said earlier, your dreams matter. Hmm. I invite my clients to write down the dreams when they were a child and the dreams that they have now were their similarities. And I also invite them to document their passion points. What lights them up, whether they make money at it or not? What lights them up? I would be a speaker, whether I was making money or not. I would be a singer, whether I'm making money or not, because it lights me up. I would be working with people, whether I was able to fully support myself or not, because those three things are passion points for me. So I tell people, what are you passionate about? And then little by little, do that. I mean, when I first started speaking, I spoke for free. I would go to places and just talk because I because I had an opportunity. And I did the same thing with my singing. So you start finding places where you can express. So, you know, poets get up, at, you know, at, at mic things and they, and they do their poetry. It, it's like, Find out what lights you up and then start doing it. And then pay attention because the universe will start syncing up with you and it'll start bringing opportunities. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, I've seen that happen. Not in just my life, but in other people's lives. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So find those passion points and follow them. Yeah. And understand too that... You know, challenges are opportunities. They're they're really challenges are portals for transformation. When you go through a challenge, you get to be a victim of it, or you get to look at it from the perspective of, okay, what am I to learn here? What do I need to do next time so that I don't repeat this? You know, what's the opportunity for me to take another path? And um, and so I tell people, you know, there's not a human being on this planet who hasn't had challenges. I mean, we all have. But I, one of the things I talk about in my book is that every single one of those decades, there was a learning for me. There were challenges in every decade, but there were also learnings for me. And those learnings, you either learn from them or you repeat the class. And I was pretty dedicated to not keep doing the same thing over and over if I could find a way out of it. And so you use an example, if you don't mind. Oh, relationship. You know, I mean, it's a big one. (laughs) uh, Yes. You know, the thing is, is that because I had, you know, dysfunctional father figures, I was always looking for that masculine. I was always looking for the validation. Masculine energy. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But what I did was I kept picking the same things that I had grown up with. And finally, one day I went, oh, my goodness, I am the common denominator here. Maybe I better look at me. I literally went on hiatus from dating. And I just really started looking at <clears throat> my belief systems and the energy that I was putting out and the kind of people that I was pulling in 
because they weren't matching the frequency of what I wanted. And so I wrote down on this piece of paper that I want a relationship, um, a man that's available, ready for this relationship, um, and loves God. (laughs) And then I said, and universe, the rest of it's up to you, but make me that. Make me um, loving and available and ready and open and connected. And so, you know, um, I've had a series of relationships that weren't that, but the man I'm with today, and we've been together for 27 years and we've been married for 23. And he came in because I was willing to really look at the things that didn't support me. And I started looking at my choices. If I was going to choose something that I had done before that didn't work, I was like, no, 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 I have to do another thing. And so when he came in, I almost didn't recognize him because he wasn't crazy. I mean, he he was really a fabulous human being. And there was a part of me that was questioning when the shoe was going to drop. But then I realized all this work I had done on myself, he was a reflection of that. I'm so glad that you had that happy ending. And it's always nice to hear um, these success stories because it gives all the singles hope. You know, those who are struggling and trying to find Mr. or Miss Right, you know, so. Yeah. Yeah. Whoever. I mean, the thing about it is, it's like you will attract who you are. And so if you are insecure, if you are fearful, if you are not supporting and honoring yourself, if you're abusing yourself on any level, then you'll bring it in. And the thing about it is. If you consistently see that, then the opportunity is for you to really take a deep dive into you. And that's where therapy, that's where coaches, that's where counseling comes in. That's where groups come in, you know, um, because it's like you can't always do it alone. It's like your mind will say, I want to change and it will want to do, you know, but those old patterns run deep. When I work with people, we go into the body too. It's like, where are those patterns living that keep going out as magnets and pulling in the same experiences? We want to disconnect those. So part of finding a voice is also taking responsibility for all, for everything that you are good and bad. Absolutely. And the thing is, it's like, you're not broken. Yeah, You don't need to be fixed, <clears throat> but you do need to wake up to the fact of something that may not be a supportive pattern or a belief system. And then you, you work to shift it. Yeah. Very, very important. That's great advice, Cynthia. Thank you. (laughs) Um, And I love that your book has a very altruistic message also. Um, And one of the very profound things that you write is, uh, is this, I'm actually going to quote, quote from your book. My deepest desire is that humanity finds a way to come to the universal table, bring our varied voices and opinions so that we can learn from each other and remember that we are interconnected. So beautifully said. So Cynthia, why do you think that it's important that we all come together and that we do this, that we come to the universal table? Well, the first thing I want to say is, I don't care who you are and how you operate. I don't believe that there's a human being on this planet that doesn't want to love and be loved. And 
we all come from different cultures, different religions, different backgrounds. I travel a lot. I, I take people on pilgrimage. And um, one of the things that I've discovered is no matter where you go, you know, people have heart and they have wisdom. You know, I, I just want to share some. I just took a group to Egypt for 12 days. And um, we were, um, the first day we were there, it was a day of rest at this hotel in Cairo. And I was sitting at the beach, at the at the pool. And uh, a Muslim woman and her husband came in and, you know, and she, she was covered. She had her hair and all, you know, she was in black and her, um, her arms and her legs. And she was a little nervous about getting in the pool. And so he was helping her get in the pool and you could just see the connection between them as he was helping her be. So then he left for a little while. And I was thinking, I wonder if she's, it was really warm. I was like, I'm wondering if she's uncomfortable in being covered up like that. And then I started thinking, I wonder how Muslim women feel. And I, I kind of was just going on in this thing in my head, right? I never spoke to the woman and she never spoke to me. So the next morning we're at breakfast and um, she comes in with her husband and she looks beautiful. And there was something in me, which I cannot even explain to you today, but it had me get out of my seat, walk over to them and ask, did they speak English? And the husband said, yes. And I turned to the woman and I said, I want you to know, I think you're so beautiful. And then something miraculous happened. She said, I have loved you from the moment I saw you. You walk with such confidence and you just like nobody's watching. And she goes, I, I want to be that. And I'm looking at her and her husband's looking at her. And all of a sudden she throws her arms around me and we have this hug. I mean, it makes me teary to think about it because in that moment, there was not one ounce of separation. And I've had those kind of experiences all around the world. And I feel like the more we visit other people, the more we learn about their cultures, the more we learn about their religions, the more we love and respect and learn from each other so that we can stop thinking that division is the norm. That is so, so profound and much needed right now because division is the norm. I mean, there's so, so much conflict between, between groups uh, everywhere in the world. Yeah, but what we're watching is in different parts of the world, we're watching people take to the streets and go, no. No, no, no. Now yeah. they're getting beat up. They're getting imprisoned, but they're not stopping. We're watching it all over the world and for different reasons. And I think what's happening is that that thing within people that says we are more than this, we deserve a voice. We deserve to be treated with respect. We deserve to have food and and shelter for us and our children. I think that thing is rising in the world. And so it's not pretty right now with everybody in the streets and doing all kinds of stuff. But I think it's a part of, of the transformational trajectory of humanity because a lot more people are waking up going, the way have we have been doing this is not okay. Yeah. And have you been seeing that happen throughout you know all the decades that you've lived through? 
Has there been an yes. increase in this? Absolutely. I mean, you know, I mean, in every decade, you know, for those who are listening, I've been on the planet for seven decades. So every decade, there was something happening. There was something that was going on racially or politically or or gender wise that was disenfranchising people. And at some point, some group of people went to the streets. At some point, they they started fighting back. And and so what it did for me was it kept showing me examples of how when you have a heart's desire for equality and diversity to be interconnected, then something in you will pull on you until you until you take to the streets, until you write a book, until you go into politics. Until, I mean, you know, it will pull you in those directions. And so I feel like what's happening today is, is that all these times in my life that I've seen it are just repeating because they're repeating until we get it, until we get the lesson and we start to honor and respect each other. And we can all contribute in our own way using our own unique gifts and voices. Right. Absolutely. A hundred percent. I mean, what are the odds of you and me being halfway around the world from each other having this kind of conversation? I mean, that's so exciting to me because it means that I learn from you, you learn from me, and then I share what you said and you share what I, and, and all of a sudden it, it, it starts growing. It starts multiplying. That's my goal, you know, to amplify voices like yours that we can cause that ripple effect of change. Yeah. And the thing about it is, is like when we when we do that for each other, when we collaborate like that, the individual focus starts to melt away and the collective starts to take over. That to me is why we're on the planet. We're on the planet to to see each other and to grow with each other. Absolutely. Wow, Cynthia, it's been such an honor and such a pleasure to talk to you. Uh, Thank you so much for sharing your profound message and your wisdom with us today. Oh, Selena, I've been so uh, happy to be with you. I I love your energy and I love what you're doing. And I'm honored that I could be here. I love your energy too. And now I can see why people were drawn to you and were opening up about their problems because I can feel it too, just talking to you. <laughs> so uh, I just want to let everyone know, um, Cynthia's book, Does My Voice Matter? A Journey of Self-Discovery, Authenticity and Empowerment is available wherever books are sold and on her website, CynthiaJames.net. All right, Cynthia, I hope you have a lovely rest of your day out there in Colorado. Thank you. Many blessings to you too, Celine. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. If you enjoyed what you just heard, please subscribe to my podcast and feel free to share it with your friends and family. Take care and speak soon.